0: Well, once again, welcome to Grace Community Church. Is anyone glad to be here today? Okay, all right. Well, I definitely am, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Michael. Uh, I am. I actually have two roles here at Grace, one of them being the Fremont campus middle school pastor, and then along with that, I am our young adult pastor here at Grace, and so uh, let me just... Throw a little shout out for that real quick. We meet on Sunday nights at 7.15, our young adult ministry, right here in this room, 7.15. Uh, Usually on Sunday nights. We actually don't have it tonight uh, because we want you guys to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday a little more. Uh, But 7.15, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30, maybe you go to Tiffin or Heidelberg, uh, stop by. In addition to coming here on Sunday mornings, we would love for you to be a part of our young adult ministry as well. And Zach is not here today. I believe he's somewhere in Chicago with Kate and, and her family and, uh, and their children. So I have the privilege of being in Tiffin, and I'll be honest, I'm usually in Fremont on Sunday mornings, and uh, it's a little different for me being in Tiffin, but I like it, all right? You guys are making moves down here in Tiffin, and uh, I might ask Kevin if I can be here every Sunday. You know, that's just, we'll see, we'll see. Probably won't happen, but before we continue, this is our last week of our series seven. Let me throw out a question to you guys, and this is something I want to ask now, and also I want to come back to at the end of, um, at the end of my message. On what basis do you make decisions? On what basis do you make decisions? I mean, like, have you ever wondered what are the reasons for doing what you do? Like, you make tons, probably hundreds of decisions every day Not to mention, you know, the the ones that kind of dictate the direction of your life. But have you ever wondered, like, how do you decide how many hours a week to work? How do you choose the people that you spend your time with? How do you decide, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do with my free time? Or, you know, why do you have the, the job you have? Why are you in this field? Why are you in this career? Or even things that we do here at Grace. Like, okay, why do we do communion? Have you ever wondered what is the basis for your decision making? Here in, at, at the end of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says that the basis for not only our decision making, but the basis for our entire life should be solely based on one thing. Should be completely grounded and established on God's word, and actually obeying and following God's word. We've been going through Matthew 7, which is actually just kind of the latter third of Jesus' entire sermon, Sermon on the Mount, and, and, and Pastor Zach has talked about uh, different topics like judgment, and saying how believers should hold other believers to a standard, that we are called to honor God with our lives and live a and live a life worthy of the gospel, we want to help each other do that. He also talked about prayer, that we should be seeking God and asking and, and, and pursuing him with faith, knowing that not only, he is, or not only that he is able, but he is willing to work in our lives. And last week, Zach talked about, in my opinion, the scariest verse in the entire Bible, that there has been and there will be people who fully believed that they were saved, that they knew God, that they were going to be free from the punishment of sin, that they were going to go to heaven when they died. And they're gonna say, God, I did all these sins for you, I, I prophesied in your name, I did this, I did that. They're just gonna say, I never knew you. And, and Zach talked about, you know, it's, we can't just stumble our way into heaven. That the gate is narrow. And it is about a willful decision to fully trust in Jesus and give him everything. And so after Jesus has said all of that, he ends uh, with with these last few verses, this last passage. And essentially what he's doing is he's giving them an opportunity to respond. He's giving them an opportunity to do something about it. And he uses an illustration, which Jesus often did. He uses a parable He talks about two men. Jesus says, all right, one guy, and actually both guys built a house. The first guy, he built his house on the foundation of rock. He built his house on the rock. That was his foundation, something that was firm, something that was stable, something that was going to last. And he he continues the story and says that when storms came and hit the house, didn't budge. It was a, because of its firm foundation, and Jesus says there was a second guy who built the same house, but a different foundation. It was built on sand, something that is not firm. It is not. Uh, it, it, or, I'm sorry. It's going to waver. It's going to um, leave the possibility of of the house shifting. And it says the storm came for the for the house that was on the sand, and it fell. And by the way, as Jesus is telling this story, Jesus has a little bit of experience, all right? Because he wasn't just saying, you know what, I'd, I'd imagine this is what it's like to build a house. Okay, Jesus, what we know about him, he was a carpenter, right? So he actually built things with his hands. He probably built many houses. So he is talking from experience. But the point he's trying to make is not just, hey, here's how you need to build a literal house. He's not just giving... Extreme makeover, home edition. He's not saying, hey, this is how you do it, okay? He's using this illustration to help us discover a spiritual truth. And the the houses that these two men built, they represent the house that we are building, which is our life. That we are each building a life which is way more important than an actual house. And so he's saying, look, it's important for you to build a house on the right foundation. It is way more important for you to build your life on the right foundation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, uh, we're actually just going to read through it and then kind of go back and, and see what, uh, what Jesus is trying to tell us. Verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, the first guy, who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The house, I'm sorry, the rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house. And it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. So we now now have a general direction of the story. And so let's kind of see the difference between a wise foundation and a foolish foundation. And see what Jesus has to say about it. Verse 24 tells us that everyone who not only hears the words of Jesus, but the people who hear the words of Jesus and also acts on them, who also puts them into practice, who also applies that truth, that is the wise person. So what we learn right off the bat is that a wise foundation for our lives, a wise foundation for our lives comes from following Jesus' instruction. I mean, not only in in chapter 7, which is what we went through in this series, you go to chapter 5 and chapter 6, Jesus talks about numerous topics that that we need to apply to our lives. He talked about money. He talked about uh, loving your enemies. He talked about anxiety. He talked about lust. He talked about conflict. And all these different things, Jesus is saying, look, I don't want you to just hear them. I want you to apply them. If you live by it and not just hear it, you build your life on a firm foundation. And I, I'm imagining that everyone listening to Jesus as he's telling the story, they're probably going, okay, duh, Jesus, obviously you build your house on the rock. Like if they own property at all, they probably understood this. This was probably a, you know, they could grasp the concept of, you know what, you want to build your house on something firm on something sturdy, rather than sand, which is going to move and, and, and possibly shift. Like They knew that. They, they understood what Jesus was saying, that in this parable, when you build a house, that there is a right foundation and there is a wrong foundation. There's a right way to do it, and there is a wrong way to do it. And I'm sure there's, even in your life, but I know um, for me, there are a lot of things that there's just a right way and a wrong way. For example, um, I'm sure all of us know, uh, yesterday the, the world was set in balance for another year once again. Good has prevailed over evil, okay? Um, but there is, when, when Ohio State is playing that other team, team up north, uh, there is a right team to root for and a wrong team. Can we all agree on that? Amen? Okay, Awesome. Um, another thing, something that I am—I uh, I have a strong opinion on—that because it's it's now December, which is kind of crazy to think about, but Christmas season is here, and I believe that there is a right way to celebrate Christmas and a wrong way to celebrate Christmas. Okay, and specifically the timing of when we celebrate. All right, so I, in my opinion, it is the wrong way. If you find yourself setting up decorations before Thanksgiving, I believe that is the wrong way to celebrate Christmas. Is, does that describe anyone that you, that you set up stuff before Thanksgiving? Okay, not too many people would admit it, but um, if you are one of those people who sets up their tree like weeks before Thanksgiving, you're building your life on the sand, okay? This sermon is for you, so make sure to pay attention. But I believe the right way to do that is to, you know, give Thanksgiving, it's time, give Thanksgiving, it's peace, and then on Thanksgiving Day, set up your tree. Okay, then, now it's Christmas season, and you can enjoy it. That's my opinion, which I think it's true. But there's a right way and a wrong way for for what Jesus is using this story, this illustration. He's saying there's a right way to build and a wrong way to build. A right foundation and a wrong foundation. That is exactly his point. Just like you should only build your house or build a house on the rock, Jesus is saying the only thing worth building your life on is Jesus' teaching and obeying it. Your foundation should only be God's word and following it. And that's kind of a bold statement. I mean, think about what Jesus is saying. He is saying that, hey, what I am teaching you. this is the basis for your life. Jesus is saying, my teaching, my instructions, my word is what you need to live by. Everything else, wrong. And if you're anybody but Jesus, it's a pretty arrogant thing to say. But what he's, this foundation that we're to live on, it doesn't come from just listening. It comes from doing. And, you know, As much as we want, we can read the Bible. We can know what the Bible says. We can have cover to cover. We can have the entire thing memorized. We can come to church every single Sunday, hear Pastor Zach give a a biblical, true message on God's word. Every day, we can consistently hear truth daily and on a weekly basis, and we can still be a fool. That I can be on this stage and know the facts about this passage or this this message. I know what God wants for me and for us. But if I don't actually apply it to my life, then God says that I am foolish. Because you are only wise if you apply the teachings of Jesus. And you are, the, the Bible doesn't necessarily beat around the bush here. It says that you are a fool if you hear the words of Jesus and you listen to it, but you don't do anything with it. And so it's not just about hearing, it's about doing. It's not just about listening, it's about applying. Jesus doesn't just want us to attend a church service. He wants us to attend to his teaching. And actually, uh, in, in James chapter 1, you've probably heard this verse um, before, but it just sums up kind of everything really well with this first Person, it says, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James is saying, if you think that it is good enough to just listen to God's truth, if you think that is it, it's sufficient for you to, you know what? I I heard a message on Sunday. i I feel good. That was a great message, and and that's it. And you don't apply that truth. You don't meditate on that truth. You don't say, okay, how can I put that? and insert it into my life. It says that if we're not doing that, that we are deceiving ourselves. That we need to not only be hearers, but doers of the word. And we should be here every week listening to God's word being taught. We should read our Bible. We should be listening to godly people in our life give us godly advice, biblical advice, but what Jesus is saying is, well, you can listen, you can know, and even agree with all the truth that you want. But that doesn't make the difference. It's only if you obey his truth. It's only if you obey Jesus' truth that is when you experience a life on a firm foundation. And so when it comes to truth, it's not just about knowing it or possessing it or having it. It's about using it. And I think you see that in, in a lot of different areas um, in life as well. Uh, let's say, for example, I wanted to kind of better myself and I wanted to learn the guitar, All right? I, which I don't play, by the way. But uh, I wanted to learn the guitar and I'm going, man, I'm, I'm going to buy one and I'm going to become better than Blaine and uh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm just joking, won't happen. But, um, so that, let's say that's my goal. I want to learn the guitar. So I go to the guitar store, because that's a thing, I think, and uh, I go and buy a Jimi Hendrix Strat Fender Bender, um, you know, the best guitar they got. And I buy it, I purchase it, I own it, I have it. My goal is to, to get better at it. But if I don't actually play it or learn how to play it, if I don't use it, that guitar doesn't benefit me whatsoever in achieving my goal. Or let's say I wanted to, you know, focus on my, um, you know, physical well-being a little more, and I wanted to get in better shape, and so I decided to buy a piece of exercise equipment. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I turn on the television, it seems like every four seconds I see a commercial for Peloton. Anyone ever? You guys know what I'm talking about? Do you guys see it just as much as me? Like every other commercial. Yeah. So let's say I decided, you know, what, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to buy a Peloton. Now. I may feel good about myself buying that. It may be shipped to my house, and I'm going to open it and go, man, this is going to be awesome. But if I don't actually stop hitting snooze and pedal every day, that does nothing for me. Jesus is saying that truth is the same way. That we can have truth. You can know truth, but if you don't use it, if you don't apply it, what good is it? It's about application. And so we see that a wise foundation is built on following Jesus' instructions. And he goes on to say in verse 25 about that wise foundation being tested. It said, The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because the foundation was on the rock. And so not only do we know what a wise foundation is built on, but we know that a wise foundation will stand that when our foundation is obedience to God's word, when that is our groundwork, when that is what we are you know, standing on, that will allow us to last the storms and remain standing. And what's interesting about this story to me is that the storms that are uh, talked about, it's not like, yeah, by the way, if the storms come, for both individuals, The the wise man and the foolish man, the storms, it seemed like a sure thing. Like the storms, there, there wasn't a small chance of them coming. They were going to happen one way or another. And so there is no promise in Scripture that tells us if we are a believer that bad things won't happen to us. That is nowhere to be found. Actually, Jesus tells us that you will face trouble in this world and so i know for a lot of us that looks you know that that looks different maybe for some of us that's job loss or that's dealing with financial struggles or that's dealing with our health or that's persecution the storms will come and we can bank on that and i and and i know me personally uh, i've been i've been on staff for almost 5 years now and Love my job, love teaching, love um, you know, middle school, young adult, and even being able to, to do this. Um, but, but working here at Grace is, just reminded me of the certainty of, of the storms of life. Every Thursday, as a staff, we get together uh, and for our staff meeting, uh, talk about you know just what we need to fix and, and, and kind of tune up. And then at the end of the staff meeting, we will pray for every single request that you guys send in. You know, you, you write on those communication cards, or maybe you tell a pastor, or you email us, whatever it is. We pray for every single request, and usually we split up by campus, so uh, I'll be in the Fremont campus, and um, Blaine, AJ, and Zach will pray, pray for Tiffin and, and, and so forth. But as I kind of scan through every week, as I scan through the prayer requests, part of me is just so thankful that not only you, but but people who are asking us for prayer, that they trust us, and they trust God, and they trust God's church to help them. And that's exactly what I wanna do. We wanna pray with them, we wanna support them, we wanna encourage them, we wanna point them to the only hope we have. But on the other hand, what it does, for me at least, just seeing that every, almost every other prayer request is someone going through a storm, is somebody dealing with cancer, or their loved one is dealing with cancer, or they're, they're um, in the middle of a custody battle, or they are dealing with the death of a loved one, or they're dealing with just financial burdens, or they're, you know, they, either they're going through, or they have a close friend or family member that is struggling with a drug addiction, just something. It seems like there's more of those storms than it is just, you know, us praising God for the good things. And again, we are so glad that that as a body, as a church, that that's what Jesus is calling us to to help one another. But it reminds us that the storms of life are certain, that we live in a broken world where a phone call could change your life, where you find out news about yourself or a family member or a loved one. So the storms are coming. But what Jesus is saying is that when we act and when we trust on God, we are building on a firm foundation. That it is something greater than what we could, um, could, could bring to the table. Our only hope is standing on God's word and obeying it. So that when we go through those situations, those circumstances will not dictate my faith. Will not dictate what I believe and how I respond, but it is solely based on God's word. And what I know to be true and reminding myself of his promises. So a wise foundation is built on following Jesus' instructions. And that foundation will last. It will stand. And so Jesus has talked about the first guy. But what about the second one? The one who built on sand. Verse 26 through 27. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man. Who built his house on the sand? The rain fell, rivers rose, winds blew, and pounded that house. And it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. You have two men that what Jesus is trying to say, He's He's saying that we should not only hear the truth, but we should apply it. And so you have two men that have heard Jesus' truth, that have heard the gospel. They understand, they know what's true, and they know how they should be living. And the first guy, Jesus said, hey, this person, he not only heard the truth, but he applied it. And because of that, he is considered wise. And this other guy, who probably, which by the way, their, their buildings look the same, their lives probably look very similar. But this person knows and he has heard the truth, but does not live by it. But did not put it into practice. And for that, he is considered foolish. And this foundation of sand, compared to the rock, this foundation of sand, it is representing anything that we build our life on. It represents any foundation that isn't obedience to God's word. Anything else. And, and this dude that, that built his life on the sand, if you, if you notice... Uh, In that verse, it doesn't just say the house fell. It says that great was its fall or um, it collapsed with a great crash, depending on, on your translation. But it wasn't just the house fell over. It said that the crash or it collapsed with a great crash. The house was demolished. It left the builder with nothing. And essentially, that is the result of someone who trusts in anything other than God and his word. And it's not that any other way is just inferior to God. It's that any other way other than trusting God and his word is essentially no way at all. That it will inevitably lead to destruction. And so what Jesus is saying that anything, anything but fully relying on Jesus' teaching Will fail you. The Bible is very clear about that. That if you're living your life, either maybe for the approval of others, or maybe you're just listening to yourself, you're going, you know what? This is what I've always believed. This is how I was brought up to think. And so my concept or my kind of view of life, I like it. I'm going to continue to live by what I think is best. Jesus said that will fail you that it will fall at the end of the day. And God is saying, look, what I have taught you is the right way. And he's saying, will you trust me with this? Not just your eternity, not just to know that you are safe when you die, but will you trust me with this life too? This life and your foundation. And essentially, I mean, we're going to build our life on someone's instructions. Again, whether that's us or whether that's kind of the standards from our culture. But if it's not Jesus' words, then it's wrong. I mean, think about how many messages that we are constantly just bombarded with from their culture. I mean, right? Like you turn on the television, you, you go to your phone, you go to social media, whatever it is, you are constantly attacked by culture's views on things that are often directly opposed to what God says. That, that, that you will hear, you know what, this is who you need to be. Or their culture will tell you, you know what, this is the husband or wife that you need to look for. Or this is the husband or wife that you need to be, that you need to become. You know what, this is the car you need to drive. This is the job that you should really aim for. Or this is who you should become. It doesn't matter if God didn't create you that way. If you want to change who you are, go for it. And a lot of what we hear from the world is going to oppose what God says. If your foundation is anything other than Jesus and his word, you are building a life that will crumble. If we build our life on anything other than God's word and following it, we are building a foundation that will crumble. Because this entire sermon, Jesus is speaking against this superficial Christianity. Christianity. This, this view, this religious view that you can just go through the motions, that you can say a prayer when you were in elementary school and live just kind of, you know, a, a respectable life and then believe that you're on the path to heaven. It's not about just outward appearances. It's about our heart. You can't just appear religious. Jesus is speaking against that, that we need to fully trust Jesus and his word. And so we talked about it a few minutes ago when we opened up, but let me ask that question again. On what basis do you make decisions? What is your foundation? Because we need to be believers that base our entire lives off of God's word. Not just a portion of it. Not just what's convenient for us. Because there's a lot of things in the Bible that, I'll be honest, I really don't have a problem with. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. No problem, God. But then there's other verses or passages in the Bible where eh, I'd rather not do that. But that's not my job to sit there and pick apart what I want to do and what I don't want to do. All of God's word, all of it, should be our foundation. Not just what's convenient for us. And so when we are either making decisions or how we are living our lives, it is based off God's word. Okay, so so, uh, why don't you gossip? Like, why don't you curse? Oh, well, you know, Ephesians 4 tells me that nothing unwholesome should come out of my mouth. Okay, well, well why do you dress that way? You know, why, did, is, is there a reason you, you, know, um, you wear the clothes you wear? Well, 1 Timothy 2 says that we should be respectable and we should dress modestly. Okay, well, you know what, everybody does it. It's not gonna kill you, why don't you drink? Like one beer is not going to be the end of your world. Proverbs 20 tells us that wine is a mocker. That we are foolish if we let alcohol lead us astray. Okay, so are you telling me that you actually give money to the church? Like money that you earned, You're that's how you spend your finances? Proverbs 3 tells us that we should honor God with our wealth and give him... It, Pay him first, essentially. Honor him first with our resources and what we are given. Are you actually going to forgive that person? Do you know how bad they treated you? Colossians 3 tells us that we should be forgiving and we should bear with one another in love. So why don't you watch those movies that everybody else is watching? It's not that big of a deal. It's not like you're actually doing those things. It's just a movie. We know what Philippians 4 It tells us that we should think about what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is worthy of praise. That is what I should be thinking about. And so that is why I don't. And again, not that every decision you make, you'll be able to find a black and white answer in Scripture. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that our priority of how we live should not be based off, man, this is what I think is best or what I grew up believing our priority should be to look to the Bible for our code and live by it. And the house built on the rock is a life of obedience, a life that views itself in light of who God is and who he created us to be, a life that has a high view of scripture and we are committed not to changing it in the slightest degree, a life that is more concerned with faith and growing in godliness versus just appearing religious. A life built on the rock is a life of obedience, a life that is forsaking any pride, any self-sufficiency, realizing that there is nothing I can do to earn my way to heaven, that I am sinful, that I fall short of God's standard, that I can do nothing to earn his favor, his forgiveness, salvation. So if I want to enter this narrow gate It's not about what I can do, but it's all about what Jesus has already done for me. A life built on the rock is a life of authenticity rather than hypocrisy, living a genuine life following Christ. Even though most, if not everything, in the world is set to make us turn away from God. Even our own feelings often oppose what God wants for us, and often we want to do what's exactly opposite of Scripture, but we follow the words of God, and regardless of the pressures from the world, we follow God's word not to show off or to look religious, not to um, earn our salvation, but because we trust God. And so Jesus is throwing out this invitation. He doesn't he, he's making it clear that it's not just enough to hear God's truth that we need to apply it. It's not just enough to hear it. When we open God's word, it's not just about information, it's about transformation. Knowing that God wants us to use what's in here for our lives, not just know it for head knowledge. Those are two completely different things. And I am, I am 100% confident that there are a lot of us in this room this morning, a lot of us that have trusted in Jesus, that you, are, um, that, that you have acknowledged your sin, that you have put your full trust and faith in him and what he's done on the cross, and you have chosen to follow him as your Lord and Savior, and you are currently following God's commands. You are not just listening to God's word, but you are obeying it. And man, it is so refreshing to see. I've seen people here at Grace deal with, with uh, one of their parents passing away. And the entire time, they're not going, oh man, this is why is God doing this? This is just awful timing. This is, this is not what I want. The entire time, they're going, man, I have seen God work in this situation. And I am trusting God that he is going to bring good from the situation, not only for me, but for his glory. And so there are some of us that are following God's commands. But I know there are also maybe a few of us in this room who you know what's right. You know what's true. You know that you should be doing certain things in your life that are honoring to God that right now you just you aren't. And you know that maybe there are relationships that need restored you know that you should be working harder maybe in certain areas because it does honor God. You know that you should be fleeing from lust, but you're not. You know that you should be more selective with what you allow into your life and you know that's what God's word says, but you don't do it. And again, that's that's me too. I'm not not perfect. I'm not saying, "Hey, this is what you need to do. This is this is to me as well." That we need to be about God's word. And so that's simply my challenge today is are you obeying God? I think a lot of us know what God says, but that's not enough. We need to obey God. And does his word hold more authority in our lives than our own? God loves us. He knows what's best for us. And he tells us that we will not regret it. That if we build our life on a firm foundation, on the firm foundation, that we will last through the storms, that God says He will not leave nor forsake us, but we have the truth that we should be applying to our life. Let's go ahead and pray as we um, as we wrap up this morning, Dear Heavenly Father. We just thank you for today. We thank you for allowing us to to be here this morning, to open up your Word, to realize, God, what is. What does your truth say? The Bible not only tells us about who you are, but what you want for us. And God, I pray that as as we constantly just hear truth, that it wouldn't just be about hearing it and knowing it and believing it and agreeing with it, but God, that we would make our entire lives, we would build it on the foundation of your word and that we would apply your truth that we would obey your commands. Because again, the Bible tells us it's not good enough to just know. We need to apply it. And your way is best. You know what is best for us and God. You have no reason to, um, to, to steer us the wrong way. And I pray that everyone in this room, myself included, that we would obey your word and we'd be challenged by what you have to say. In your name, amen.